When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys news updates rumors transactions takes and more so strap up Cowboys Nation and start your day off with A to Z Sports live with Will Steele 3 2 1 Here we go Oh yeah Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We stream it live on YouTube, we on Facebook, and of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker. Still, boom! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. We are in the dog days. They have finally arrived, but don't you fret, I got you covered. Today, we're going to jump back into the state of the unit, talking about a position near and dear to my heart here. We're talking safeties, man, and why I think this room is all elite, why I think this room is one of the best in the National Football League, and why I think this room could be kind of the catalyst to making this defense go to the next level. Now, we understand the interior of the defense is what's going to help take this defense to another level. But if this unit can stay healthy and stay together, boy, Dallas' defense is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Yes, indeed, Oscar. It is Father's Day weekend coming up. Shouts out to all the fathers out there. We'll get to that a little bit later this week. But what's good? Bomb squad. Bomb squad! <laughs> Hey, Rolo, don't come here with that nonsense, Rolo. Don't come here with that nonsense. We're going to see if he can make that transition, if he does indeed make that transition. But uh, lots to discuss today for this room. Um, we're going to discuss it from top to bottom. We're going to start at the bottom and work our way to the top. This is a room that did not see much change, believe it or not, uh, from the draft or undrafted free agents. It's it's very, very similar to what it was last season. So we got a lot to, to look into in regards to camp from last year, preseason, and obviously the regular season. So we'll touch on all of that coming out of the roundup. In the roundup, we got a little bit more uh, personnel moves being made, and we'll discuss what the domino effect is to that. Not a big one, but but there is obviously a domino effect that comes with it, Cowboys Nation. So, ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. maybe if we get Tyrone to call in, Tom, uh, we can we can get some names like that. He bringing up Pat Watkins, Jeff Heath, obviously remember Jeff Heath, uh, Keith Davis. Courtney Brown, Pepperidge Farm, um, McClay, Church, you know, not McClay, McCray, I'm sorry, Danny McCray, Barry Church. He's bringing up some old names safety-wise in the last, like, decade or so for the Cowboys. Yeah, good names, man. Good callbacks there. And I would have loved to get my guy Barry Church on here to discuss safeties with y'all. Uh, Barry, Barry, mad, mad busy uh, right now. But I'm going to try to get Barry on here before the uh, 
offseason is done. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to get him a point and talk to him. We've had him on the show many a times. Friend of the show. Would love to get his side of this safety room and see if if this is the best safety room he's had or he's seen in Dallas since his days in Dallas. Would love that. But with that said, y'all, let's jump straight into this. Should be a very easy show today. If you want to call in, you can. 351-999-3787. We're going to roll through these safeties and then we'll talk to you guys on the phone or maybe we'll mix it in. We'll see what happens here. All right, let's get to it. What's my spirit today? It is time for It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. What's good, Jose? <laughs> Tom, that's not the safe word to say. Man, who gives a shit? That's not the one I wanted. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. Not a whole lot of news that's going to be coming out of Cowboys land over the next few weeks. So this is kind of probably the last bit of news that will come out. And then we'll likely do some feature articles for the uh, morning roundup. But was it over the weekend or was it Friday when this happened? Y'all can let me know. The Cowboys ended up cutting Tack McKinley from the team after signing Ben Benogu. Likely the reason why they cut Tack was to make room for Ben Benogu in the defensive end room. Now they got room technically on the team because they have 88 roster spots filled. They have two left open to fill in the next six weeks. So probably one of those spots will be a kicker. We'll see what the other spot uh, will be heading into training camp. But, but Tack McKinley, you know, Cowboys signed him midway through the season last year. Dan Quinn drafted Tack. He played a few, played a few seasons with Dan Quinn. Um, and then he kind of went around. He was with the Browns. He was with the Rams and finally came here in Dallas. I don't know why, you know, it didn't work out here. It, it could just be the same reasons why it didn't work out everywhere else. It's just not good enough anymore. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately for Tack, you know, he's back on the street. But this is not really going to move the needle from a roster standpoint. This is more so going to move the needle. I'm sorry, from a top of the roster, 53-man roster type standpoint. But it's going to move the needle down roster type. Uh, again, it opens up a spot. They had 89. They now have 88. I'd imagine they already have one spot ready for a kicker. But what that other position could be, I'm not sure yet. Not quite sure yet. I feel like they're pretty full defensively now. Possibly a linebacker, maybe. Uh, I don't think they're bringing any more edges. I don't know that they're bringing any more defense tackles. Maybe they could look towards the offensive line maybe some interior depth uh running back maybe they, they'll look to maybe add another running back receiver but i don't really see defensively any more room for 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 players now it's a 90-man roster they just they could add anybody and it might not matter it, is, it could be a body for camp but i don't think you're cutting tack mckinley for ben Minogu if you don't think that ben could push somebody not saying anything that about the guy making the team but he could possibly push some guys and make the coaches think here and if if he doesn't make it possibly be on the special team so i'm sorry possibly be on the practice squad so that's really the only news to come out of cowboy land cowboys nation is tack mckinley cut gone um wish him the best of luck moving forward but that defensive end room is loaded and honestly i was going to talk about the de's today 
But I had already got it in my head and started to put things together about the, the safety. So we're going to focus on the safeties. We'll do defensive ends likely uh, later this week. But uh, I think the Cowboys talk about the safety room being deep. That room's deep too. But today is all about the safeties, man. And when I started this project to put it together for you guys, I already knew the room was good. I already knew the room was deep, but it's deeper than not even imagine when you look at the guys they have on the way back in. Now, I'm not familiar with everybody's seventh safety. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but but the, the potential in a lot of these guys, and then when you mix the veteran leadership that is already there that they can learn from, where these young guys don't have to be thrown into the fire, they can kind of get their feet wet and then by year three for some of these dudes, they might have that opportunity to be a core part of this team. They could be ready. It's it's very old school like where th- these young guys now are being thrown to the fire. Where back in the day, some of these dudes kind of took some time and then eventually, boom, they made they got on the scene and they became what they became. So I'm really excited about uh, this position group. And I wanted to talk to y'all about it today. Damn, I remember Abram Mueller and Allen Ball. Oh, George Iloka. Iloka was my guy. He actually put, he actually was one of the first uh, current slash not current player interviews I did where he was kind of giving us some insight on what was going on down there under Chris Richard. And then one of our clips eventually went viral in the late night hype with him. So I fooled with George Iloka. Nothing bad to say about the guy. Didn't even get a shot to really play on the team. Uh, Nonetheless, let's talk about this safety team, this safety unit. Let's talk about the backups First, and we're going to start at the bottom here with Wanye and Tyler Coyle. Uh, Wanye Thomas, 6'3", 217-pound undrafted free agent from last year. Remember that, y'all. He was signed last year. He was signed to a futures reserve contract after the season ended in San Francisco. Practice squad, all of 2022. I guess he did enough there to get invited back this offseason. Now, when it comes to a guy like Wanye Thomas, he has that size that Dan Quinn covets this this DB room covets. They like these big safeties, man. Six foot three, goes two hundred ten pounds plus. Uh, you're talking about him at six foot three. You're talking about Izzy at six four, J Ron at six four, Marquise Bell at six three. This is an all basketball type of team out there. Dan Quinn loves loves the length on defense, and, and that really trickles down from the front to the back. If you really look at how the roster is put together. But boy, these safeties are. I'd imagine these safeties, if you if you averaged it out, hell, Tyler Coyle six two. If you averaged it out, I would say this might be the 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 lengthiest safety room in the NFL. I'm obviously guessing, but I'd imagine if you average it out, the Cowboys have one of the longest safety room in, rooms in the league. Tyler Coyle, another guy that was signed to a future slash reserve contract. We should be familiar with Tyler Coyle. Uh, 2021, he was an undrafted free agent, uh, and he got a little tick at the end of the last year and also at the end of his rookie year. Problem with Tyler, he came in week 18, played against the Commanders, but he sprained his MCL. However, he did play enough uh, in that game. He was mostly on special teams. He had two tackles in that game, a penalty. And on defense, he did get involved. He had three tackles and two stops. But Tyler Coyle, just like Wanye Thomas, they're going to have, due to the depth at this position, they've got an uphill battle, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to have to have what we call 
a nuclear camp. They're going to have to have a nuclear camp to make the 53 man roster. But I wouldn't get too crazy because, you know, every year there's this guy's never going to make it through. If he gets cut, he's never going to make it through. They both got cut last year. They both made it through and were brought back on the practice squad. Uh, and Col- Coyle would happen to him a couple times. Uh, Wanye had happened last year. So, you know, unless these guys go stupid, stupid in preseason and people are seeing this tape, uh, it wouldn't shock me if, if no matter how well they played, these guys will be back here on the practice squad just due to the depth at the position. Um, so I'm not really trying to diminish what they could potentially do because we're still here in June. But does anybody think that that Tyler Coyle and Wanye Thomas can can really make this 53? I don't I don't really see it happening. And it's really not not to do with them. It's to do with the depth uh, in front of them. The guys that have played the other five guys. And we'll talk about them in a second. But uh, at the end of the day, though, if you say I can get me a six foot three, 200, what is he? 17 pound uh, guy like Wanye on the practice squad and continue to develop. Tyler Coyle is a bit of a super athletic guy. He's played some free, played some strong. We still don't quite know what we're going to do with Tyler Coyle yet. But if I can get these two guys back on the practice squad as developmental guys, hey, I feel good about that. I feel good about that. Pretty much a resounding no. Uh, in the chat, everybody is, is pretty much here believing these guys won't make the team. And, that, and that's fine. It's not about them. It's about the starters. Tommy might be on to something. He said, those two would be our starters 10 years ago. Who, you know, what is this? 2023. Who would have thought? Look at us. We got a safety room we're proud of. Who would have thought? Not me. Boy, I would have gave up on the Cowboys thinking about them getting safeties. I used to go into the draft, studying all these safeties, and then I said, you know what? I'm not looking at another safety. Y'all going to have to tell me about the safeties because Dallas just don't like investing in them. Then all of a sudden, they give Malik Hooker a little bit of money. They give J-Ron a little bit of money. They give Dino a whole lot of money. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Damn sure, not me. All right, let's get back into it. Marquise Bell, another long safety, six foot three, goes about 205, maybe a little bit more, uh, given another offseason peanut butter. We'll see if he if he put on some, some more weight here. But how do you tell how the staff views you as somebody they really see something in if you're a young guy like Marquise Bell? Did you suit up in the postseason? That's how I looked at it. Did you suit up in the postseason? Marquise Bell did that. Now, he played mostly special teams. He had a few snaps on defense, but but he played. And he played in all the units on special teams. And obviously, we know the Cowboys really like Marquise Bell because Dan Quinn came out and talked about how much he liked Marquise Bell uh, as an undrafted free agent. But talk is cheap. Did you get any action? He did suit up for five games in the regular season, and he was always on the 53-man roster. Now, he might have been inactive, but he never went down on practice squad or was cut or released or anything. So I do think they have an idea of what they want from Bell, and it might be in the form of potentially being J-Ron Curse's replacement. I mean, I'm just saying I ain't trying to start nothing. 
But if you guys remember the audio slash video we played last year on Dan Quinn, one of the first things he said was, hey, when we got a hold of Marquise Bell down there at Florida A&M, I worked him out, you know, as a safety and a linebacker because I wanted to know if he could do multiple things. Um, it's very possible that they are grooming him to be the replacement of J-Ron. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to kick J-Ron out of here. I'm just trying to think logically, like, are they going to, pay these other you know Malik and J-Ron we'll talk about them in a second are they going to pay them to stick around longer than a year or two I don't I don't know about that man I don't know about that they already paid another safety big money but this is what I love about this this young room guys like Marquise Bell and Israel McQuamble they can be slowly integrated in as opposed to being thrown in the fire and that way by the time you get to a year three or four you know these dudes are ready to go roaring to go and you can possibly extend one for cheap and, and get back into kind of getting ahead of these things and and still being still having quality on the field let me say that so i'll keep an eye on marquise bell more so uh, of the responsibilities the things he's doing are they j-ron like is this a guy that needs to be to the hip of j-ron curse moving forward but israel mcquamu Izzy is a special, special player here in a sense of not, I'm not saying he's special like, oh, this is Earl Thomas, but his traits and what they asked of him last year uh, was specialty. Like he had to me one of the most physically obvious jumps from year one to year two. One of the most physically obvious jumps from year one to year two. Played in all but one game last year. Had 154 snaps on defense. 278 snaps on special teams. But it was his performance in the playoffs that really got Cowboys Nation going. And specifically in that Tampa Bay game. We all know the story. Where the Cowboys are trying to figure things out on the outside. And we kept saying there's just no way they can go into the playoffs with... Nashawn Wright, Boss Man Fat, Trayvon Mullins, Xavier Rhodes as their outside corners. Those guys were getting worked. So Dan Quinn threw in a curveball. He slid DB, which is Deron Bland, outside. And said, we're going to put Izzy in the slot. In the slot, he had a Godwin matchup, which honestly played it to his favor. And he managed to hold his own. He was targeted eight times in that game. Four receptions, 49 yards, and a pass breakup. Kind of his coming out party as a go-to type of guy we're relying on here. Now, we all loved it. I loved it. 100% thought this was fantastic. In fact, his whole playoff performance, if you go back and look at the rating when targeted, was less than 62 quarterback rating. So Israel McQuamble stepped up. But I do want to add context. Okay, number one. This was that time where we were trying to figure things out at cornerback two. And they had to do some moving around. So I don't think that Israel McQuamble is going to be a slot guy that you relied upon, but he could potentially be a specialty dude given matchups or injuries or what have you. Number two, those matchups were perfect. They were big slots. Jawan Jennings, Chris Godwin, these aren't, these aren't the twitchy slots that you're going to see more often than the bigger slots across the league. So it worked out. Because Izzy can match up against those big slots. But 
I don't think he's a guy you want as a full-time slot because if he gets involved with the nuance type of route runner, given his length, it's just tough. It's tough to be that tall, that long, and, and deal with super twitchy guys on the interior, on the inside, I'm sorry, with two-way goals. It's tough. And even within his good film on here, you saw some of the things that make it tough for a six-foot-four guy uh, to, to contend in the slot. Now, I, I didn't put that tape in here. But if you would like to see that tape, obviously you can go and check out A to Z Sports Film Room or you can just go watch it for yourself. But you saw some of those things where Chris Godwin got the best of him a little bit and maybe the throw was off or what have you. But I think you want Izzy to kind of focus as a specialty guy and me personally. Now I'm going to get into what I would love to see them do. I would love to see Izzy under Malik Hooker's wing. If we were being completely honest with ourselves, Cowboys Nation, there's not a whole lot of free safety types on the team. A whole lot of roof guys on the team. I think Izzy, former cornerback, can be your, your next roof guy. Malik Hooker, if you're listening, I'm not trying to kick you off the team, but I understand you're on one-year deal. And I don't know if they're going to bring him back. So you got to have somebody in-house, you would hope, because that's what Dallas likes to do. We don't want to pay a bunch of players. We want to kind of replace them cheaply. But Izzy doesn't have a cheap game. He's just on a rookie deal. So I would love to see Dallas attach Malik and Izzy together and say, look, we want to groom you to be our roof guy. He's got this newfound physicalness. He's got this newfound confidence, obviously, as a second-year player going into a third-year player. He's got the length that, that I think he could be a roof guy of the future. And from a safety standpoint, I do think he's physical and quick enough now. I think coming in, you saw the hesitancy. You kind of saw him be a little bit soft. But I would love, 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 love to see Israel McQuamu kind of get groomed to be that, that free safety of the future. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it with Izzy, man. CJ says, will they switch positions, Izzy and Boss, man? I don't think so, CJ. That's what I was trying to get at. Uh, and it's weird because I don't want to talk down on his performance. The performance was, was admirable in the playoffs. But when you really look at it, it's like I don't want a 6'4 guy in the slot full time. Um, matchup purposes, fine. But week in, week out, that's going to be tough to do. That's just physically tough to do as a 6'4 guy that doesn't have that that type of twitchiness, those type of that type of feet uh, movement to be in there dealing with the Kadarius Tonys of the world, right? These these twitchy guys where Deron Bland can do that week in, week out. And he's got the size, in my opinion, too. I just think they needed Deron Bland on the outside. Nonetheless, I think Bland is the quintessential slot guy for the Cowboys. Not necessarily Izzy. I like Izzy as your specialty guy. And me personally would love to see him be groomed as a safety, free safety of the future um, in 2024. It's kind of what I'm looking at. It uh, came out as a corner. He didn't come. He came out of college as a corner, CJ, and as an outside corner. Two different things, as we know. That's like asking Nashawn Wright to go into the, I mean, is he, same thing? Like asking these 6'4 type guys to come into the slot is really, really difficult. Uh, but they moved him quickly to safety, and that's kind of where his home's at. 
Los, let's get you on the horn. What's good, Los? Good morning, Sky, man. I hope you're having a great morning. I hate, I mean, it's crazy to believe. I mean, and NHL's done. Baseball's about to be done in six months, and it's right back to football, NHL. man. Like, it's crazy how. Go ahead. I'm talking, about, I didn't know NHL was done. I don't really follow it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about to be. It's like, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is time be moving fast, right? And it goes to anyone, right? It's up to you to keep up with the times, right? And I feel Dallas has done a great job building up this defense for the long run. And I feel like the safeties and corners are going to help the pass rush and that the pass rush are going to help the safeties and corners. I feel like this team is going to be made specifically to stop people, basically. Like, if you if you ain't scoring on us, then it's going to be real hard for you to get back in this game. And I feel one, one name that comes in particular, which was a steal to me in the draft, was he wasn't even drafted, remind me if I'm reminded, it was Marquise Bell, correct? He was undrafted, correct? Correct. If, I, if, I'm, if I remember? Correct. Yeah, yep. so I feel, and, and, he, and he was one of my guys that I feel like we can maybe pick up in the sixth or fifth round. So for us getting him undrafted, I feel like that's a huge steal because I feel like he has the potential to maybe be a starter, but not like he, he – I'm not even going to call him a Pro Bowl caliber, but I feel like he's decent enough to get the job done and, you know, you know, basically be a, be a good a rotational piece of what we need. And one thing, Scott, that you always have said is, damn it, we never have a stepping safeties, right? But I feel like they have addressed that over these last two years, and I can't complain. I mean, we have vets that know what they're doing, and we have young guys that have potential to learn from these vets, as they say. And one thing I, I do want to ask you, Sky, um, I just want to ask you in your opinion. So in, in the NHL, there's a thing where it's like a tradition where the vet kind of invites the rookie in to move in or live with him at the house, right? Would you? How would you feel if one of those vets bring in one of those guys or corners to basically teach them or live with them, but basically they, they pick up everything – that they learned because I'm gonna just use that exact example. I know you don't much know much about Dallas Stars hockey, but one guy that was yeah, so one guy that was um, really doing some noise as a rookie. He he was a rookie, but under under that playoff series, he was living under Joe Pavelski, which is like basically an 18 year old vet teaching this rookie how to seize the moment, how to attack, how to do all this stuff. But I feel like if you were to do the same thing how you said, Andrew Makamu, basically like with Hooker, man, Sky, I mean, you're yeah. you're basically setting yourself up for the future. And not only that, like you said, you're just setting up yourself for them to be ready at any moment's time because that's what we need, Sky. Is we can have these vets ready to play, but if these rookies ain't ready, as you saw with Jalen Over last guys. year, these young it's guys. good. It's, it's gonna, yeah. It's gonna be a hard thing to ask. Like, hey, let's go. You know, we're gonna put you out there, bro. Let's see what you do without knowing the speed of the game, how to play, what, what you know, all these things are. So I feel like this this Cowboys team is very young, very great. We'll see what we can do. But I mean, I, I think there's nothing we should worry about our safeties or corners, other than like we already know two 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 corners might be on their way out. But I mean, I'll leave you at that, Sky. I feel like if we if we can uh if we can uh just basically capitalize on what we have now, I don't think we have to worry about too much. But I will say I will say <laughs> adding adding a adding a third corner will not I will not be opposed to it because 
you know, Kevin Boss, uh, what is it? Uh, I would still like to have a uh, damn. I forgot that corner. Uh, the one. Yeah, we was talking about. It was the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Yeah, my my bad. Uh, what you told you told him you moved him from the outside. Not it was not uh the rookie from last year. Deron Bland. Oh, Bland, Bland. I would like to keep Bland in the slot. It's my preference. But if we can find the third corner to help, but that's about it. But yep. Jeez, uh, that's not, sorry I went all over the place. <laughs> you was everywhere. Don't bring it down, but you know. Appreciate you, Yeah, yeah, man. Don't, don't, today, yeah, but yeah. You have a great morning, Scott. You as well, brother. You as well. Los means well. Uh, I was trying to answer this question. I, I, I don't even know if it was a question. Just kind of an observation, maybe. I, something along the lines of, you know, having the guys bunk with each other or whatnot. Yeah, I think, Los, that's kind of what I, I meant by, you know, having Izzy and Malik be the guy and then and then uh, Marquise Bell and J-Ron Curse, you know, be the guys. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think those two, those two specifically, if they could be groomed by those veterans, that'd be awesome. Now, apologies, though. My, my camera seems to be going in and out. We're going to try to get through this. Now, naturally, Competition kicks in. J-Rod Curse is a dog, y'all. You know, Malik Cooker got some dog in him. These boys ain't trying to give up their spot. And when you look at the starting room, and you see the big three here, you know, Malik Cooker, J-Rod, and Donald, we'll, we'll individually go through these boys. The only worry here is really a future worry. And Malik and J-Ron, those guys have one-year deals. Now, they're not super old at the safety position. You can play that, that position, I think, into your 30s. In Malik's case, he had early injury issues that aren't really the case anymore, so he didn't play a whole lot early on. So while I would love for them to, to kind of, a young guy, let me show you how it's done, there's probably a competitive nature in them saying, hey, young guy, you're not taking my spot. <laughs> not happening. These are contract years these two dudes are on, so they're going to try to, you know, show the team that I'm needed here to get an extra uh, extension or a contract or whatnot. Will these both of these guys be brought back? June 12, 2023, I don't feel great about that, but I didn't think they'd sign Donovan Wilson to the contract they did, so maybe things would change. Maybe things will change. Let's talk about Malik Cooker, though. One of my favorite gets over the last couple years has been Malik Cooker. I remember when we first signed him. I reached out to uh, Darius Butler, DB, friend of the show. And I said, man, can you come on and talk about Malik Cooker? Because I liked him coming out. I liked him early on in with the Colts. You were a veteran guy that play with the young Malik Hooker. He told me straight up, a healthy Malik Hooker could be a top five free safety. He told us that. You know, and year one, Malik showed some promise. Then year two, Malik really showed that I'm over this injury and I could be a relied upon guy. He played at 860 snaps, which was his most since 2018, collecting 62 tackles, 44 solo, three picks, career high, and 11 stops. But here is really what is well, a lot of people might say this is nothing but for Malik this is a big deal he played in at least 15 games in back-to-back -back seasons 
Malik Hooker was a super, super, super injury-prone guy his first half of his career. So to see that he can play in back-to-back back to back years and play most of the games, in fact, I think he played them all last year, um, and then his, his uh, first year in Dallas, it wasn't that he wasn't healthy enough to play. He was still coming off the injury, and then I think week two was when they activated him, and then about week three or so, they kind of got him going uh, with, with some snaps. So, you know, it's really good to see Malik Hooker be able to be available because he he's always he's always had the talent. But here's what I loved about Malik Hooker last year. When Jaron Curse went down, you saw him kind of get comfortable with that leadership role when he was out. And it was really evident. You could see it against the Giants Monday Night Football on the road. No Jaron Curse. He needed to step up. He not only did he step up on the field, but he stepped up off of it as well. And this video clip from, I think it was their sound to the sideline, you could kind of see that he's galvanizing the guys on the sideline. Hey, this hey, this still ain't our level. Take that yeah. up another yeah, knock. This is what's probably going to happen, bro. They're probably going to do high up offense right here in tempo. Yep. That's the only way they can stay in this plays. and get plays. So we got to get on the ball, get lined up, and really focus on the details, communicate. Yep. And first, and, and most of all, bro, we got to tackle. That's it. Whatever y'all do, best, do it. Yep. That's Malik Cooker. Uh, sounds of the sideline. You you really saw him just take hold of that leadership role when J. Ron was out, and he backed it up on the field, specifically in that game. But in general, I thought you saw Malik Cooker kind of round into form as a as an overall safety. One of the things I noticed on the Colts tape was fantastic in coverage. I was a little suspect about how he would defend the run and how he would come up and tackle. But that all changed last year. He was one of the best tacklers on the team. And that ain't coming from me. That's coming from Dan Quinn. And then statistically, that's backed up as well. He only missed four uh, tackles on the season, which was a career best. And he had a sub 6% missed tackle percentage, which was by far a career best. And if you go look at that across the league, uh, that places him in, I think, that top 25. But... Malik Hooker really rounded into form from a leadership standpoint. He rounded into form from a overall player standpoint. His best work, though, was obviously on the roof. And when you're playing on the roof, man, I don't think you get enough respect because there's a lot of times where the angle you took, the read you made, takes away the quarterback's ability to make a big play downfield. And it's very similar to what happened with LVE. Like LVE didn't make a ton of plays in the past game, but if you go and watch, you'll see that he might have took away an angle. He might have took away a window that made the quarterback come off of it or go to a check down or what have you. Malik Hooker did that in spades last year. Was he perfect? No. You know, there was plays that were given up, but he was an extreme upgrade to me from a DeMonte KZ last year. And I think he helped, especially early on when you had cornerback uh, two was better wasn't great but it was better I think you saw how important having him back there was my only question was why when cornerback two situation got ugly you didn't allow him to shade I didn't quite understand that I didn't know if that was a DQ thing I didn't know if that was a Malik thing no one's really answered that but it's water under the bridge at this point but I thought overall man Malik Hooker who is likely that forgotten guy in the big three is, is one of the most important ones, though, because he he's the only one, in my opinion, that can play on top of the roof. Shout out to uh, Fuster King, who can play on top of the roof the way he does and has the twitchiness and coverage ability to do that and playmaking ability, too.
So Lick Hooker is an extremely important piece to this Cowboys safety room, without a shadow of a doubt, man. That's very true, Professor. I'm in the chat here. O said Malik is surprisingly good at setting the edge when he uh, does play down in the box occasionally. I was actually impressed in 2021. I think it was a Giants game, believe it or not. How physical Malik was at the line. And this could be coaching. This could be this, just the coaches unlocking that aspect of his game. But I was surprised how physical he was at the line of scrimmage or coming downhill in 2021. And to see him be able to carry that throughout an entire season in 2022, uh, I thought was pretty special for Malik. Let's get 562 on the horn. What's good, 562? Bro. Now I got your opinion. What's hey. good, man? All right, man. Hey, man. Um, question is this, bro. Um, you know, I've been talking to you right now. I want to talk a little bit about the defensive line. Um, I, I can't. Do me a favor. Uh, take me off speaker if you can. Okay. Is this better? Yes, much better. Okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, my question, I don't even talk, talking about safety right now, but I want to ask you about a, a defensive line. Um, sure. Nobody really ain't talking about, I mean, everybody, everybody's talking about, you know, like Sam, Sam Williams having a big year. But what if Doris, Doris Armstrong have like 10 sacks, a, a 10 sack year this year? Um, do, do we do we try to extend him? No, or? you get, you, you collect your, uh, what is it probably going to be like a third or fourth round compensation compensatory pick and you be on your way. DA had eight sacks last year. So if he gets two more, that that's great. But I think you're pretty much capped out with, I think at D I think DA is capped out and that's fine. That's not a knock on him. He's, he's a solid uh, player for you, but no, I don't think you, you will, you will, you stop the progress of Sam Williams. Sam Williams ceiling is so much higher than Dorrance Armstrong. There's no way. I'm, I would extend him and then keep Sam Williams on the bench. What What about maybe let, letting go of uh of uh of um the uh shoot uh, the other defensive end um the 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 Demarcus Lawrence the, the one that's uh, the high paid one um, Demarcus Lawrence. Let me ask you a DeMarcus question: Lawrence, Do you think right, Dorrance yeah. Armstrong is better than Demarcus Lawrence? I'm saying like all right. In, let me in, let me uh, in, answer the question. Do you yeah, think Dorian Armstrong is better than Demarcus Lawrence? I think he has the potential to be because I think no way in hell, when bro. when when Demarcus Lawrence was at the same year that Dorian Armstrong was, I don't think he was what he was. Huh? I think maybe I think he came on kind of late. Who? If I recall right, sir. You said Demarcus Lawrence wasn't what Dorrance Armstrong was at that same year. Demarcus Lawrence was getting 17 no, and 14 no. sacks at that point not in time. Not his first years. What year Dorrance Armstrong was third or fourth year, right? Sir, That's when he came on, that third or fourth year. I, don't, I think you're, I think you're mis- misremembering. Dorrance Armstrong's going into what, it. year four or five? Was it year five? All right. He, he didn't have the same amount of play time. That that uh, Lawrence did. My man, you, you know said. I, my man, you when, said Demarcus when, when, when Lawrence at the same. Right, right. You you okay? Go ahead. You got it, my pick. man. Lawrence was a second round pick. I think he didn't come on to like his his last. It's like 
I think he came on maybe the year prior to his final year, a little bit. But then that final year, he came on. Yeah, I think he franchising and all that. Okay. Well, you're just flat out wrong when it comes to the time frame. So you just—I think you're misremembering the time frame. Demarcus Lawrence had like a. Yeah, yeah, you're misremembering the time frame. So my go back to the question: If you believe that Dorrance Armstrong is going to be a better player than than Demarcus Lawrence, then in your world of football, then yeah, you you would do that. I don't believe that. I don't believe Dorrance Armstrong is a better player than Demarcus Lawrence now. I don't believe he'd be a better player than him this year. I don't believe he'll be a better player than him next year. But if you believe that, then, yeah, that's the move you would make in your football world. Uh, I, I, I just don't think he's better than him. I don't think he will be better than him. Um, but so I would allow him to walk, get your compensatory pick, and you got Sam Williams as your guy. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I love I, – don't get me wrong. I love Sam Williams, bro. I just, you know, I just said what is. You know, and I know, I know the Joneses love uh, Armstrong too, man, so – um, I, I, I just I don't I don't know we don't really talk about that much, and I just you know I throw that in, throw throw that in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If he gets ten sacks, like I said, man, you you congratulate him. Go get your bag. Go get your bag elsewhere. I, I don't think he's so perfect example. Michael Parsons said anybody can get a lot of sacks. I don't want to be a guy. I want to be the guy. Dorrance Armstrong's not like that to me. He he would get he'd be one of those guys that gets you a lot of sacks because he's a guy. <laughs> So I, I wouldn't pay him as the guy. I, I don't believe go. him. I gotta go, huh? Hey, hey thanks. I'll listen, I'll listen, bro. Gotcha, man. Uh, there we go. Yeah, I think he might be misremembering Demarcus Lawrence's start to his career uh, after he got hurt. I mean, we can. I can. I can help him out here. You know, right in his second year, he grabbed you eight sacks. Then he hurt his foot again in his in his third season. Everybody wasn't sure what was going to happen. But right after that, the same time frame is 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 Dorrance Armstrong. Demarcus Lawrence gave you twenty five sacks in two years and like seven forced fumbles. Uh, I don't even think he was close to Demarcus Lawrence in impact. You know, now he did put up some some good sacks. He had six sacks twenty twenty one and eight sacks in twenty twenty two. That's nothing to, to not in regards to DA, but uh, and we'll talk about the we'll talk about the defense and room for sure. We'll get to that in a second, but I, I just I just think that Demar Demarcus Dorrance Armstrong is who he is. He's a, a solid guy that you would love to have in a rotation, um, but I'm not. He's not the guy. He's not a guy that I'm willing to progress stop a dude like Sam Williams, and I'm willing to move on a Demarcus Lawrence because of a Dorrance Armstrong. Not me. Now, if he come out here and go berserk, like beyond 10 sacks, and he's getting all these forced fumbles, he's a dominant against the run. Yeah, that can change. But here, as we speak in 6-12, and that example you gave us where it's 10 sacks, that's just two more from last year. Excuse me. Two more from last year. That's that's not enough for me to just completely go away from what I think he is. Now, he would have a solid three-year run, 6, 8, and 10. That's a really damn good run for a rotational type guy. Uh, for sure. No doubt about it. But I just think Demarcus Lawrence is better. Uh, I think Sam has a higher ceiling. I think he, his talent is just through the roof. And I would hate uh, to get rid of a guy. I mean, look, a D-Law sucks this year. I think things may be changed in the sense of what you do with D-Law. But I don't think that would be the case. You know? Damn, has somebody on the line. But but now they gone. 
Lauren, we're going to get to the to the uh, linebackers as well. But he said, who would start at middle linebacker if LVE goes down? Harper, Clark, Parsons, Overshaw. I think it would be Clark for sure. He did it last year. Brother L, Dorrance is cool. Does his best when other star players take all the attention away. Occasional big play, solid player. That's, you know what? Let me, that's the question I should ask. When, trying to remember, make sure I ain't speaking wrong here. Yeah, we're good. When Demarcus Lawrence was asked to be the guy as a pass rusher, he put up, again, how many sacks was that in that, that kind of three-year stretch? 20, 32, 33. He put up 33 sacks in that, in that three-year stretch, the foot injury not included here, in that three-year stretch. 33 sacks when he was asked to be the guy. And he wasn't just like, oh, I'm just sacking and running into quarterbacks. He was double team, triple team, whatever. He was the guy, and he put up a lot of sacks. Uh, do we believe that Dorrance Armstrong, if tasked to be the guy, could do that? I don't. I don't think so. Good conversation, though. No, nah, I didn't clip that Aztec. Uh, let me get the 2 one real quick, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up with the other two safeties. 2 one what it is, what it do? Yo, what's going on, brother? Name's what's Ike. It's uh, good, Ike. No, man, just, uh, yes, sir. Uh, been a listener for probably about like a year or a half or so. Uh, just want to give some props and some love, man. This is, uh, you've been one of my, like, morning routine uh, shows. Uh, you know, it's just awesome getting to work and then being able to throw on some cowboy talk and, you know, rather than listening at, you know, those big letter networks. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, man, of course. And then <clears throat> getting the uh, no see on, man, that, that's been, that's been so awesome. Uh, I've been yeah. so appreciative of uh, being able to hear y'all two just go back and forth with it all. Man, it's been, been awesome for sure. Yeah, but, dude, yeah no man, see is get amazing. What you got for the show, brother? Ah, right, man, I just wanted to get some love. Been meaning to call in for a while. But, uh, oh, I appreciate that, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. You have a good one. You as well, man. You as well. Later, brother. I would. I will always be humble when when I hear that. You know, being part of your routine. I know I see a lot of y'all here every day. Obviously, and part of your routine, but it never really hits me till I realize I got my own morning show routine and, and whatnot that that I listen to, and, and it's just kind of crazy, man. But let's kind of get back to the safety room here. Good conversation about the defense and room, and we'll definitely be talking about that this week. So, good segue by the caller. Future segue <laughs> by the caller. J-Ron Curse, ladies and gentlemen. J-Rock, as my guy Koye would say. Hey, goddamn dog. Boy, that, boy. You gotta, if you, you have to have a J-Ron Curse on your defense, man. Got to. Not only is he the leader in that safety room, but he is still. And, I, and I'm going to use the word undisputed because from what I'm hearing, it's undisputed. He's the undisputed leader on the defense. And he continues to back it up on the field as well. Now, he played dinged up last year for most of the season, and that's what comes with the territory when he plays a position he kind of plays here. He was dealing with a labrum issue. He had a labrum surgery. In the offseason, uh, technically still 
kind of recovering from it, but he said he's able to do all the things he needs to do out there at practice, which obviously he was out there at practice. And no, he will not be wearing zero. He will be wearing number 27 this year. But nonetheless, last year played 815 snaps, 300 in the box, 77 tackles, seven tackles for loss, two sacks, and an interception. And he continues to be one of the surest tackle tacklers in the entire league. I, th- that can't go unnoticed because it, it's what allows Dan Quinn to let him kind of roam around out there a bit at the line of scrimmage because he's usually going to be where he needs to be, a very heady player, and he's usually going to finish <clears throat> finish the tackle. He's usually going to finish the tackle. But of the safeties that played in 600-plus snaps, he was fifth in the National Football League and missed tackle percentage. And if you up that to 700, he was third. And if you go even higher to 800, he was second. Only uh, Tashawn Gibson finished with a better missed tackle percentage than J-Ron. Curse for guys who played in 800 or more snaps. So he continues to just be a really dominant and sure tackler and dependable guy for you. Obviously kind of an extension of a linebacker because, hey, that's the position that Dan Quinn wants him to play. It's kind of that extended linebacker, the big nickel, if you will. So, and this kind of goes back to the contract situation. And as somebody said this some months ago, damn, Sky, you, you putting that out there with J-Ron Curse? I don't mean to put it out there. But y'all know we got to talk about everything. And when we do these state of the units, we often talk about the future as well. And J-Ron is on the final year of a two-year contract he got last offseason where he tested the market for quite some time and he did not get back the returns that he thought he would get. And part of me wonders if that's because of Dan Quinn, where Dan Quinn knows how to utilize him. Not every team is going to utilize J-Ron in that manner. So his value to the Cowboys is higher than the value across the league. I do think J-Ron and I do think Malik Hooker, they're, I hate to say it, man, but there's a little bit of pressure. There's a little bit of pressure on these two to play even better. Because if they do that, then I'd lean into one of these guys returning. Both of them on top of Dono's contract, which we'll get to here in a second. That's a tough one. That's a tough one, man. So, so between the two, I love them both. Malik is a true free. He's a free safety's free safety. And he showed that ability to be a leader when J-Ron, the absolute leader in that defense, was out. J-Ron, a true leader, a modern day box safety, a guy who plays in a box, but also has to do a bunch of different things and kind of the perfect fit for a Dan Quinn defense. These guys are on one-year deals. You know, cat boy is looking. They're going to have to play better, which you know what? I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at an extension not happening. Allow those to break, break that pool stick, throw it on the floor and say, one of y'all coming out of here victorious. It's going to make everybody better. Then you got Donovan Wilson. Who played his way into the largest safety contract since Ken Hamlin. Flat out. 
one of my favorite players on the, on the team, period. But flat out, when Donovan Wilson has been healthy and been called upon to be a full-time player for the Cowboys, he's delivered. There's only been two years that's happened. In 2020 and 2021. Both seasons, he played 14 or more games. And last year, he played every single last game. But in between all that, remember his rookie year, he didn't see any playing time. It didn't even put him on the field. He got like one game of snaps and it wasn't nothing. And then in 2021, after having that fantastic 2020 season, he got injured. Boom, right away. He went down and he only ended up playing nine games and had three starts. He had some moments in those games, but he didn't play a whole lot like we were expecting. And that birthed us J-Ron Curse. But then last year, healthy, available, and called upon to be a full-time player. He had a career season, 101 tackles, 77 solo, 37 stops, seven tackles, five sacks, seven tackles for loss, nine quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, one icing. He was all over the place, all over the place, man. Donovan Wilson was probably one of your most underrated players on the entire team last year. The hitman, not Brett. If you look at those two seasons where he was called upon, the 2020 year and last year, combined five forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, five sacks, 12 quarterback hits, three interceptions. The kamikaze is quite literally a weapon on defense. You can make an argument. I do believe this. You can make an argument that he's right there with J-Ron Curse when it comes to being one of the most versatile players in the room or on the defense period, because he played a ton of snaps in the box. I mean, he played more snaps in the box technically than J-Ron, but J-Ron was, you know, out. He played over 400 snaps in the box last year, y'all. But he also played a ton of snaps in coverage, a ton of snaps in the back half of the defense. And I've seen him be able to cover pretty well from a safety standpoint where you kind of see Dono get in a bit of trouble is manning up at the line of scrimmage or intermediate dealing with guys like a Dallas Goddard. I saw Dallas Goddard work him a little bit, uh, but I also saw Dallas Goddard and uh, the kid from here in Minnesota. Now Hawkerson kind of get at J Ron a little bit last year too, but he is such a weapon. He reminds me not from a leadership standpoint, but just from a versatile standpoint of our own weapon X. Our our very own Brian Dawkins. If you look at B Dawk, B Dawk was everywhere. B Dawk could blitz. B Dawk could sack the quarterback. He was active in the pass game. He was forcing miss. He was forcing fumbles. He was everywhere on that defense. They asked Donald to play spy last year. They asked him to do linebacker things. They asked him to blitz. And he's tough. What makes him tough is he's just so goddamn fast and physical on the field. He might not run a 4-3 or, or low 4-4, four, four, but he plays fast. He plays with instinct, and he finishes. There's an argument he's your best safety. I'm biased. I believe so because he's one of my favorite players at one of my favorite positions. Uh, but Donovan Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, 100% deserved that contract and deserved to be mentioned up there with some of the guys that are playing at a high level in this league. He just isn't a household name just quite yet. Give it some time. I think you'll see Dino shine again this year, man. I truly do believe that.
I truly, truly do believe that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's our safety room. That's our state of the unit safeties. Real quick, run it back. Wanye Thomas, Tyler Coyu kind of round out that backup safety unit. Those two guys are likely going to be fighting for the practice squad again unless they go absolutely stupid. Uh, whereas Marquise Bell and Israel McQuamu, very quietly, very quietly, could be your replacements for these two guys here, Malik and J. Ryan. That's a lot. That's big shoes to fill. I'm not trying to stamp that just quite yet. These boys got to come out here and continue to improve because guys like Malik and J. Ron are not laying down anytime soon. And they actually are what make this room as deep as it is. And then obviously Donovan Wilson, who got the contract, got the respect that he was looking for. Now he just has to go out there and live up to it, which I think he absolutely will. So you got a ridiculously deep safety room, in my opinion, with veterans and youth. The present and the future is in good hands with Dan Quinn. All right, let's get back to the phone line. Seven, five, seven. What it is, what it do? What's going on, Scott, man? First time calling here, man. I've been uh, checking out the show for a while, man. Thank you, man. And, uh, yeah, first time caller. Um, but uh, as far as the safety go, man, for the, um, you know, the, the Jeff Heath and the uh, J.J. Wilcox of the world, man, just make you appreciate this safety group right now, man. Facts. Facts. Just, uh, <laughs> I call them the bad angle guys, man. That's what that's what we had, man. They just took care of angles hey, tackling. JJ will hit knock your head off, <laughs> but he also just woof with right by you. Ole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that just shows you, man, the different coaching regimes that we have now versus then. How you know you just like each and every year they just you know they they hated change. The Jason, you know Jason Garrett and um. They hated change, That's true. man. So, uh, you know, and, they, and I think Heath just stayed along, stayed there too, you know. He stayed there too long, just pretty much, you know. He just, you know, that he should have, man. And, uh, yeah, they treated. You know, they, they didn't address. They treated safety, brother, like they treated. Like, Rob, Rob Marinelli treated safety like he treated defensive tackle. Just give me anybody. Exactly. You know, we'll make it work. Yeah, and <laughs> – and it, and it goes to show, man, when you get coaching in there and they have a, a you know, great philosophy, man, especially knowing the um, the need for safety. <clears throat> the need for safety in the defense, man, at least, you know, good safety, man, and it, it shows. So, you know, thank God for Dan Quinn, man. Yes. And, um, you know, Mike McCarthy also, you know, he, you know, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, you know, with certain things. So, you know, just both of you guys not falling in love with players just because, you know, you build some relationship, hey, if they're not, uh, you know, if they're not working for your philosophy and things like that, man, hey. Time to sit down. Put somebody yeah. in or get somebody that's going to win your games. Yep. So, that's all I got, man. I uh, appreciate you. Good first call, man. Call them all. Indeed, please yeah. do. First time callers be killing it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there we go. No lies told there. Those boys, when in regards to McCarthy and Dan Quinn, Let's sit your ass down. Well, at least Dan Quinn. Yeah. We're about to find out with McCarthy. But but he'll sit your ass down. We'll give you some, we'll give you a shot, Kelvin. Sit down. We'll give you a shot, Nation. Sit down. 
Give you a shot, uh, Xavier Rhodes and Mullins. Sit down. I'll give you a shot, Neville. Come sit down. But I think it's it's hilarious. Not hilarious, but just ironic how the Cowboys defense, granted, Dan Quinn's the best defense coordinator they've had quite some time. The Cowboys defense all of a sudden becomes this consistently dependable defense when they do what? When they emphasize the middle of the field, defense, tackle, safety. They ignored those positions for years, treated them like second-rate positions. And all of a sudden, you get Dan Quinn in here who signed some specialty guys on the interior, finally drafts a big. Did it? Is he the next best thing? No, but it shows that they're emphasizing it. Then goes out here, drafts one in the first round in his second, in his third season. Signs of Jonathan Hankins. Brings on J-Ron, a former first-round pick in, in, in Malik Hooker, a former 10-interception guy in KZ, pro bowler under Dan Quinn. There was an emphasis on the middle of the field, and now you're starting to see this defense become respectable, you know, year in and year out, and dare I say, one of the best defenses, if not the best, heading into 2023. Whereas Rod, the orphan boys, oh, give me Nick Hayden. Nick Hayden stayed catching strays, by the way, when we use him as examples, but it is what it is. Give me Nick Hayden. These type of guys on the interior. Go get me Jeff Heath. Island Ball. and Now, he might have been pre-Rob or nothing, but you know what I mean. Like They stopped caring about the safety position for quite some time. Now, they went out and signed Gerald Sensenball to a decent contract. And I thought, you know, okay, we back. And then they just went on this hiatus of caring about the position. I believe Texas in the building. I say that right. Three, two, five. What it is, what it do? Hey, what's good, Scott? How are you? I'm good, sir. Oh, man. I was just, now that we're talking about the defense, how do you feel about the linebacker room? Man, it is it is one of those question marks depth-wise. Uh, believe it or not, because y'all know how I feel about LVE, but from a starting standpoint, I like uh, not Jabril Cox, but Damone Clark. I like. I think Damone Clark is going to have a year or two jump, man. I really do. And I like him with an LVE. So I'm actually fine from a starter standpoint, especially given what we got in front of them now. But it's the depth, right? It's the what happens if yeah. or when LVE gets dinged up. Can we count on right. Jabril? Can we count on Overshone? And to be a honey with you, it, it's something that I just have to see in camp. I got to see in preseason. Like, can we can we count on these boys yet? So far, so good for the from Overshone and Jabril Cox. They're gaining some momentum. But, you know, I think it's fair to say that that is probably our biggest question mark, the linebacker room in regards to depth, right? Oh, yeah. That just makes me wonder if they'll try something where they only use LVE for, like, the run teams maybe, like the run-heavy teams, because he's just one hit and they could do it for them. And then there goes the depth. There goes the starter. Well, I don't. LVE, LVE probably not coming off the field that much this year. Like maybe, okay. maybe when when you know you want to match up with the guy, like if you want to match up a a tight end on him or whatever, you you substitute him. But I feel like LVE is going to be an extreme integral part of this defense. Uh, how many percentage of the snaps did he play in last year? Let me see. Take a look. Because I don't think he's going to come off the field that much, bro. Well, that's, well, that's what scares me is yeah. they're not going to save him, I guess, kind of. Or maybe that's just being greedy. 
So before he got hurt, he played 700 snaps. He was on pace to play about 900 snaps. So, yeah, and I, I don't think he's going to come back. In fact, he almost played a career-high snaps while missing four games. So, yeah, he ain't really going to come off the field that much. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, sir. Now, that was really all I had with the linebackers. I appreciate all the work you put in, though. Thank you, man. Yeah, y'all bringing up two positions that I, I definitely want to talk about in depth in our state of the unit, and that's linebacker and defense. And we 100% will do that. We'll, we'll go just like we did with today's unit if, you, if you're new to the show. Y'all dropping some names in here, man. Jason Ferguson. Now, now that was Parcells. Parcells went out, spent some bread on his boys. I remember that. Uh, who else did I see in here? Woo. Jack Crawford. Gregory, not much about Richards, just quite yet. I do know that Aisha, who I want to get back on here, she brought up, uh, if you're talking about Awesome Richards, she she brought up some things about him. Sean Lissamore. I remember Sean Lissamore. Cedric Thornton. Cedric Thornton made the list of the, the big-time free agents the Cowboys signed from 2016 to 2021. And on that list was said, I don't even think he made it out the damn season. Henry Melton. Henry had a solid year, though, if I'm not mistaken. He used to be a former pro bowler, and then you know, Rod, he got injured. Rod tried to bring him back. Super chat. Shout out to Rasta X in the chat. Drop 10 and said, money talks. Ask Barry Church how much of an hour of his time costs. <laughs> Salute, bro. Nah, nah. B, B will come on for the strength, on the strength. He, he just show love. He just show love. Chandra said the best defensive tackle we had was David Irvin. Come on, man. He honestly, I'm going to say this. David Irvin might be the best or biggest what if. And I know a lot of people will say Sean Lee, what if he didn't hurt? Rolando McClain's another one. But David Irvin, man, was just so different. He was just so different. 6'7", go about 295, was strong, can... Peak and Shea had pass rush, had the length. He really had all the tools. He just didn't have it up here. And he's kind of, he's kind of the poster child of you can be physically talented, but if you can't put it all together, it all together, it doesn't matter. And we got another dude that's kind of like that now, but he didn't even show nearly as much as David Irvin showed, man. David fucking Irvin. He still be playing right now. He was that damn good. 2-4-0. Send us out, man. What's, what's good, Scott? This is uh, Clebo from D.C., man. What's up, Clebo? It's crazy, man, being on hold. What's up with you, man? It's crazy being on hold, man. I checked every day I wanted to talk about it. Hey, it's all I'm good, man. You know me. I, I, we'll talk <laughs> about it again, bro. <laughs> Alright, that's what's up. But I did want to 100 with you with Dono, man. You got to, you, not you, but personally, but you got to find me a safety in the league better than Dono because I don't think there's one oh, either. Beast, you know what I'm saying? Man, Dono is that man, bro. I was, a, I, was, I was surprised that we got him back, but more than happy about it, man. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to ask you about um, Curse. I think, which, I mean, everything you touched on, like you said, man, I think our system fits Curse we use curse perfectly. Dan Quinn used curse perfectly yeah. in the system. 
is is it is it popular around the league where they're using three safeties and using like a safety like to be a hybrid linebacker type? Is that popular around the I, league? You I know, think I it is, brother. I I think big nickel oh, is is. When I say popular, I don't know how many teams are doing it to the extent the Cowboys are. I want to say those boys play upwards of 60% of the snaps on the field together. I know Professor O can get me that number. Um, I don't know if teams are doing it at that high of a rate, but big nickel is a thing. Is it a thing, though, mm-hmm. enough to where a guy like J-Ron is, is a featured on defense across the league? I think the league might have answered that question when he became a free agent. And he didn't mm, get the true. contract he was looking for, so he came back to Dallas on, you know, more money than I I have. Two, obviously, yeah. I'll make, but not enough to put him in that top tenure of a of a safety contract wise. So safety. it's something to think about, bro. Got you. And um, I know you touched on um, Bell earlier, and you said that might be a possibility of him replacing J.K. Yeah. Uh, what what about uh what you think about Overshawn? Like if you could get a guy like Overshawn or maybe even Cox. I know Cox. Uh, uh, I, I hear all the time that he wants to play safety. You know, what I'm saying you think it'd be a little better. I mean, you know, well, if they heard, can cover as well as J.K. I'm yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard Cox say he wanted to play. A lot of fans want to put him at safety, but it's clear he's your linebacker three right now. But Overshawn, Overshawn has actually got snaps at safety. <laughs> you know, Overshawn's the guy who could be looked at as that that type of J Ron too. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out either. Uh but mm-hmm. right now it looks like they're trying him out at will and they'll see what happens. But Overshone I think is more is gonna get more rope to be safety than Jabril Cox was. Even if certain fans want to move Jabril Cox to safety, they don't view him as a safety. He is a linebacker that can cover well that they're trying to groom to be a linebacker that can cover well. <laughs> Uh, whereas Overshone mm-hmm. legitimately played in Division One football at he Texas safety, yeah. at safety for a couple of years. Like he yeah. quite literally was a safety at the highest level of competition, not North Dakota State or high school. Where, by the way, Overshone was one, one of the best safeties in the national in, in the nation at in high school. Came into Texas, played there for a few years, then moved to linebacker. So there's more conversation to be had about Overshone potentially taking over J. Ron Curse role than Jabril Cox, in my opinion. Especially because those two dudes gotcha. play different, too. I think Overshone plays more downhill uh, than Jabril. Than Jabril, yeah. He's definitely more looking for that contact more than Jabril. Um, and the last thing, um, with our linebackers, I know you're going to touch on that, but I might be working, man. I apologize, but with, um, the, the linebackers, I, like LVE, man, he, he really stepped up his game since we picked up Hankins. And I think he played great in the uh, – like, he surprised me in the playoffs. I ain't going to lie. He played great. Even in pass defense, he played – he was downfield making plays. He played great. With me, I guess – this is what I want to ask. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I already know the answer, but I guess I'm going to have to wait one more year to actually see two fast linebackers on the field. Like, let's say Jabril just <laughs> comes out in training camp and he just – He's dogging him, man. He's killing him. Be like, man, we got to put this dude on the field, man. Because he showed some signs before he had that knee injury. And then last year, you know, recovering from the ACL, hopefully he can come back and, you know, get better and be better. But if he dogs out in training camp, man, I just want to see. I mean, I love our defense. And and like I said, I ain't shitting on – I mean, I ain't messing with LBE and what he did. I just want to see two fast linebackers on the field. But I know with his experience and everything. And I think yep. it was kind of overblown when we lost him last year. A lot of people were saying, you know, what our defense did. 
people not putting in uh, or run defense, so people not putting in. Um, uh, they not even thinking. Hank has missed those games as well. You know right. what I'm saying? So I think it was a combination that's of a good, both of them being excellent. out. Yeah, that's an excellent. Not that's saying, an excellent that. point. But 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 LVE's presence was missed, or lack of presence Definitely. was felt. Like that was real. Like you Putting could, you could see. Spots. Yeah, you could see uh, mm-hmm. Damone Clark trying to figure it out more. And 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 look, he gained my respect. I ain't gonna lie to you. He gained my respect when he went out even more. And he was playing better even when when he was in there, especially with Hankins in there. But uh. I'm with you. There's there's kind of that is the grass greener on the other side thought process. Like, what yeah, what right. happens if I get two stupid athletic dudes in there? Like, what what would happen? That's all. Right. I just want to know. You know, I'm not saying that Jabril Cox and Damone Clark are overshowing. They are, they're going to be these Pro Bowl studs. But like I say about a lot of players, I would like to see them have a chance to fail. That's all. That's all. I agree, man. And you know, man, shoot, you know football. I got no football, man. You put into some good defensive tackles in there, man. That does a lot yes. to an average linebacker. You know what I'm saying? So, Thanks. I mean, ask Ray Lewis. Ask Ray Lewis what them big boys did for him in his career. I mean, Ray Lewis was a dog, but look what they did for him in his career, man. So, you you get some um some guys up there in the middle, like you like you said earlier. You get some big guys up in the middle of the field. That does a lot for your linebackers, man. So I like Facts. to see some speed. Or, or sometimes with LVE, man, and I like LVE, but I just feel like sometimes he just be hesitant to hit that hole, man. You know, and I don't know why. You're Maybe it's lying. his neck injury he's thinking about. You're not lying. I think I, I think with LVE, you can see. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that pisses me off about him. You can see him see it. Right, like he's like, I, I see it. I know it's coming. I know where it's going. You see, kind of that Sean Lee in him sometimes. Like I see it, mm-hmm. but he just don't really hit it, you know. And obviously, he hesitates. Man. He, yeah, obviously, he's not a thumper like that. But then there's times where you'll see him hit it. And the, the Bears game is a prime example. You'll see him see it, hit it, and go. And you'll be like, that right there, exactly, LVE. Man. That's what we want to see you do all exactly. the damn time, man. But you know. I'm not going to shit on him. I'm going to go ahead and say that LVE uh, is is an important piece of that second level because of his experience um, and his leadership in that room. But I would not be mad if Damone Clark took such a leap that they feel good about Damone Clark being a guy moving forward. Exactly, man. But And that's what I was more getting at. Not more shitting on LVE, but, yeah. but more the younger guy. Oh, I ain't going to lie to you. I shitted on LVE like. last year. <laughs> so <laughs> I came into the season ready to get rid of this mother. I was like, I'm done. You know, I can't count on LVE. And then he didn't start that great. And then he was doing good. Then he got hurt again. And I was just like, man, whatever. And then you started to see, oh, yeah, the defense was better with him in there. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to give him some props. Yeah. He definitely put the guys in position, and I think Hank has helped a lot out with that, man. Sure. But once again, Scott, man, appreciate appreciate you taking the call, man. Uh, appreciate all your work you're doing, too, man. Keep up Thank the you. good work, bro. Thank you, man. Good call. Appreciate all right, it, man. All right. I mean, if it was up to me, Lauren. Come on now. Lauren dropped one. Or not dropped one, but Lauren was in the chat. She said, he or, I'm sorry. She said, why not have Parsons in the middle? Clark Cox and Overshone on the outside. It's up to me. <laughs> but I think the I, I think Micah just showed that he's just ridiculous at, at rushing the passer. So they would never just put him at middle linebacker. So y'all don't want me running it. <laughs> y'all don't want me running it. I just I just think Micah in the middle 
pun intended, would just be absurd. But I think the responsibilities of the middle linebacker in this defense is more or less helping dictate in the run, or not dictate, but helping get to where you need to be in the run game and then playing the pass when they do kind of that Tampa 2 type of style. Whereas if Micah was in the middle, you're blitzing him. Like you're blitzing him a lot from all over and you're letting him run, you know, run and chase. But God, man, he ain't got to be in the middle. Maybe you put him at will. But but yeah, I do like, I would like to see Micah be moved around more. Now. I would like to see him. Zane, he said, what's the wide receiver room week one? We did stay the unit wide receiver. And I believe the top three are the top three. And you will see Semi and Tobert round out four and five. With Turpin, Turpin kind of being that specialty guy. I don't think we'll see many surprises in that room. Unless you consider Semi and Tobert taking a jump of surprise. All right, let me get to, I think I might have read all the sewers, just in case I missed any, though. Let me go over here. Boom, boom. Yep, we good. Matt dropped one earlier. Shout out to Matt Lennox. Super chat. Next time WWE come down here, Matt, we got to hit that joint together, bro. Appreciate you, though. He dropped 10 in the super chat. Just support, man. My fellow A to Z brethren. Uh, the guru said, I want Parsons in a, a Reddick role, Von Miller role, off-ball outside linebacker, edge on certain down packages instead of full-time DE. Well, you might get that, guru. Uh, Dan Quinn called him a pass-rushing linebacker. Uh, back in the day, quote-unquote, we considered that a stand-up outside linebacker in a 3-4 type defense. Appreciate you, Matt. Uh, those uh, That was a pass-rushing linebacker, but what's so unique about him is that he can play middle. He can play outside stand-up. He can put his hand in the dirt, quite literally. One of the most versatile defenders that we've seen. I know we keep saying LT. But, I mean, what else am I supposed to do? I don't know who else I'm supposed to compare this guy to. I haven't, I haven't seen anything like him. So, I think he's one of the most versatile guys. Tom dropped one, not drop one, but Tom said outside of wide receiver one and two, lots of question marks in the room. Fair. I mean, when you look at Michael Gallup, can he return back to form? I mean, that's a question. And then when you look at Tolbert and Semi, obviously that's a question too. Uh, I think though, once you stack up the room to the rest of the league, the top three, I guarantee you any fan base will be, would love to have our problem are question marks in the top three. Once you get to four and five, I guarantee you, Tom, if you go around the league, you're going to see a lot of fourth, fifth, and sixth receivers where you're like, I, that's a question mark, right? But again, I think that's kind of the, we're Dallas Cowboy fans. We're solely focused on us, but pretty sure a lot of fan bases would love to have the Cowboys wide receiver problems. Pretty sure. I know Rolo. I, I know his game. You know, I know his game. And I'm not even super Michael Gallup guy, but boy, I, if I'm rooting so hard for Michael Gallup just to shit on time. Oh, where my bomb? Oh, I hope Michael Gallup come out here in ball time. The way you be shitting on this man is crazy. God damn, dog. Let me see here. What else we got? Full-time DE for Parsons means it'll keep him from full potential, says Jay. 
That ain't right, man. When it comes to my guy. And I don't even like to be told you so, guy. But damn it, the way y'all come at this man. Oh, don't let Michael Gallup snap. Oh, don't let him do it. Who was the other caller we had to? He said, Michael Gallup ain't never been shit. Sir. 2019 didn't exist. 2020 before 2021 before the engine. None of that existed. Y'all hate this man, dog. All right, we're going to get up out of here, Cowboys Nation. Good stuff. Appreciate y'all for coming through. It's Like I said, man, it's the dog days. It is the dog days. And we got about six weeks of dry period. So y'all know how this is where we really get in our bag with a, a lot of cool segments. We'll try to get some interviews, uh, some guests and whatnot. We'll continue to do the scientific method segment on Thursdays. But in the meantime, in between time, we'll mix it up here. So make sure y'all come back through tomorrow. Boston Party Live, by the way. We'll be back today. Three-ish Mafia come through. And then Mo will be back on later tonight. A to Z Sports Prime Time. If you're not able to check out uh, Mo, you can easily go on to A to Z Sports Dallas.com and check out all of our fantastic writers that include one, Matt Lennox and Mauricio Rodriguez constantly putting out quality stuff if you're more of a reader as opposed to a show watcher but if you a show watcher i am super humble guy but i i would i would venture to say this is where you want to come to start your cowboys day this is it come in here be a part of the bomb squad come in here call into the pulse of the nation because we are the pulse of the nation get your entertainment you get your quality uh you know segments your quality takes and we hear from y'all. I mean, this is the show to start it off, man. And then after that, you just got basically a network of the community that drops banger after banger after banger. But that's where it all starts, man. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and hit this button and see y'all Negans later. You can't miss that show if you don't know about Negan. State of the unit safeties. That's a wrap. We made it through. Who would have thought? Not me. We got three safeties. Really like four or five. Never would have thought that, man. I'm out of here. Love y'all. Peace. to the mod squad.